0: All right, Frank, before we get into this week's topic, which I am crazy excited because I'll get to shut up and just listen to you spiel beautiful words into my mouth of awesome programming, new hotness. But I I bought a one terabyte hard drive. <laughs> uh, OK, this this is my favorite episode. What did James buy this week? We haven't done this in a while, so let's do it. it. It's it's been a hot minute and I haven't done too much because I had. Here's what happened is I went to my supercomputer, which I'm recording on right now. <laughs> and it's a six-year-old supercomputer, which means it's not oh. no longer super. Okay. Um, but yeah. it's still really powerful, and I really like it. And I got lots of jigs of RAM, 32 gigs <laughs> of RAM. Mm-hmm. But I have a 120-gig SSD. Oh, which, God, no. Yeah. Exactly. No, I I was using a 256 for,
1: what, like, four or five years, and by the end there, I was just going insane. I was running those apps that visualize how much everything's taking up on your hard drive and, like, picking away and picking away, and I'm like, certainly I can get this stupid thing under 256 gigs, but it was just, like, a constant struggle. So, 128, I don't even know how you did it. Good job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you know, six years ago, that was really expensive, but I went on... I went on Newegg and bought a new one terabyte drive for like 250 bucks. It was on sale yeah. and came with Far Cry awesome. Five. I'll never play it, but I love it. <laughs> I love how uh, lots of hardware is
1: getting bundled with games now. I love, or did I say that right? Whatever, games come with hardware now. It's kind yeah. of
0: hilarious. <laughs> well, it had me thinking because I texted you, and a lot of people kept asking me about the ideal setup that we have, and what do we recommend, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are interested in the iMac Pro, and then I, I forgot, we did a whole episode on you justifying it, <laughs> but I don't know if we ever broke yeah. down the specs of what you bought, so I was speccing oh. out what I should buy for my iMac Pro, and, and, Why? and I wanted to get your your three month, I'm not gonna buy one, but your three okay. month review of <laughs> what you bought, are you happy or not, yeah. before we get into this week's topic.
1: Oh, okay, well, this is fast. Uh, I'm in love with the computer, I, I won't leave it side. I haven't left my house very much, it's, it's, it's a great machine. Uh, I will make the point though. Software needs to upgrade to use more cores. It's um, mm. it's a fast machine, but you don't realize uh, just how powerful it is until you get software that can actually run on all of its cores, and then it's kind of breathtaking. But it's uh, a little frustrating how little software actually uses multi cores. So, please, everyone out there, mm, do whatever you can. Use async await a lot, <laughs> please. <laughs> My cores want to get used, (laughs) Um, but uh, in your text message you asked if I would upgrade anything that I didn't, and my one regret is I would have gotten the bigger hard drive, just what we're talking about here, because um, I figured oh two two terabytes that's a lot of terabytes, and how would I ever fill that up? I was coming from two hundred and fifty six gig, but it turns out you know the more you're given, the more you use, so (laughs) I I quite quite quickly adapted to my new two terabyte lifestyle and kind of want some more. So I think I might even end up upgrading this thing in maybe a year or two. I, I won't be filling it tomorrow, but it'll get there.
0: Yeah, I. it had me thinking because I went to my little MacBook Adorable, which only is 512. And you know when you turn on your MacBook and it's like, hey, you got a little bit of low <laughs> disk space today. Oh,
1: and it's like, no. Just, <laughs> just, just letting you know I'm about to shut down. No.
0: <laughs> but here's what was really interesting is... I don't know if this is new in mac os or if this is old or i just haven't run into it but they have a new hey let me help you clean up your computer dialogue Yeah, have you seen this it's amazing yeah and i totally used it um i think
1: windows has taken a shot at this too of just trying to guide you along but the windows one only ever freed up like five megabytes you know and I need yeah. to get rid of gigabytes and uh, I think the Apple one's just a little more thorough trying to find things that can really delete I, I run it just to delete like uh, my temp folder it's just mm. a quick way to like do all that kind of garbage because I'm a programmer I throw tons of garbage in temp so it's just a good way to do, nuke that yeah great great new UI there we Still go. Still not as good as I, I use Grand Perspective. It's this mm. uh free app out there that visualizes everything on your desktop. Uh there's versions for Windows also and it's great for actually finding the big things to delete.
0: Yeah, I I have some I have to go on my other computer. I had like win file sim, yeah. I don't know what it was. Win file stat? Is that what it's called I think? Yeah, win file stat. It in it I think when it starts to visualize, little Pac-Man come out and they're like chomping yeah, on your hard drive. It's awesome. Yeah. I love old school software. It's the best. I wish
1: we were as creative.
0: Yeah. That's so yeah. 90s. I love it. It was. It really had me throwing back to like WinMX days. I'm like, mm, my Napster days of great looking software. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to do yeah, this up. thing? All right. Let's do it. You want to introduce it? Sure. Yeah. So I've been really excited about this topic because it's, I've been trying to describe it to people as the next generation of, of running applications in the browser. And it's kind of confusing. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of confused by it a little bit. And I just gave a keynote at VS Live down in Vegas. And I was going to demo the bits and pieces that we're kind of talking about. And then I didn't, you know, I want to make sure I have my terminology right. And you then oh. revolutionized the internet. And Miguel freaked out. And everyone freaked out. <laughs> and there's this technology. And I want to break it down. The core technology, I believe, that we're talking about is called WebAssembly. Is that correct? Yep, yep. WebAssembly is a new browser technology, but even
1: more specific, we have Mono on WebAssembly.
0: Okay, so we have Mono on WebAssembly. I also I want to break down some terminology that we're going to be talking about before mm-hmm. you spiel and, and break it down oh, from fine. the beginning to the end. Because <laughs> for reminder, there's this thing called WebAssembly. There's, of course, Mono running on WebAssembly. There's this thing called yeah. Wasm. Wasm, JS? <laughs> Wasm? Wasm? Sure. Let's go with that. Wasm. Let's not define it yet. <laughs> it's not anything big. And then there's this thing called Blazor. Yes. Sure. Okay. It's okay. a lot of terms. Now, <laughs> Where imagine, do we start? <laughs> imagine... Well, so what is this thing attempting to accomplish? If someone is giving us the elevator pitch for WebAssembly, what is that?
1: WebAssembly is getting other programming languages to run inside the browser instead of just JavaScript. That's, mm. that's it. One line. Easy peasy. So we all know... If you want to write web apps, you do it in JavaScript. Uh, that That's when when I say web apps, that term doesn't mean anything, huh? Let's use the term browser apps, like something that's running like super locally, manipulating the DOM, doing that kind of stuff.
0: Um, like a, what was a
1: JavaScript app.
0: <laughs> okay. So the point of WebAssembly is any language. Okay, so, but from my understanding, Frank, if I'm creating a website or a web <laughs> app in ASP.NET, that's C Sharp, that's .NET... And yeah. that that code is somewhere. I like to ask uh, Heather, I go, when I created my mm-hmm. first app, I'm like, but where 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 <laughs> does it run?
1: And and that was what my confusion. A... Yeah, okay. Right. And that's why I was worried about that term web app, because it means so many things nowadays. Let's let's make it simple. You have a server and you have a browser. And in the case of ASP.net, all the logic, all the like Accessing the database, all the communication that's done on the server. That's in the controller of your app, in your MVC app. And that's just running there. And on the client, usually not much is running unless you start writing some JavaScript. And that's client code. So that's where that's running.
0: Okay, so traditionally, if I kind of unpack my ASP.NET knowledge of what you just described, when, (laughs) when, when I click a button, there is some logic in JavaScript world that gets executed that then knows to call back to my server to go do something and then my server will then call back to the browser technology and tell it to do something.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's roughly it. And people use all sorts of libraries for that. So like in the olden days, that would happen automatically with HTML forms. That was our mm. Web 1.0 days. <laughs> and then we got XML HTTP request, and we started doing all sorts of crazy things. That's our Web 2.0 days. And yeah, it's, it's all that. It's just server sends down a page, page has a UI, user clicks a button, communicate back up to the server, server sends back down changes. Roughly speaking, that's how every web app works. Web app works. So,
0: WebAssembly says, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want this. I don't need all JavaScript. I don't need all this stuff. I may want to just run all of that logic in the browser. So, right now, I think, okay, I hit this button and I make a query out to the server, to my web API, which gets the data, returns the data, I visualize the data. Um, mm-hmm. but maybe I could remove that backend, which then is making the connection to grab and parse all that data. Like, cause it's also parsing and yeah. processing the data. So you could just do it locally. And I kind of almost think of that then as a, a mobile application, which is installed locally, yeah, right? Mobile. There is no server with a mobile app. Everything is, it's happening on the phone. So this is all happening in the browser.
1: Yeah, in the browser, locally, like th- these all these words all kind of mean the same thing. It's like where where is the logic executing? Is like mm-hmm. how I like to think about it. And in this case, the logic is executing on the phone, whereas in the old style, the logic was happening on the server. Okay. And so, uh, who who's doing the thinking? Who's doing the if statement? You know that kind of stuff. And you could write uh, the style app before, but you were constrained to JavaScript. And that that was the difference. So, a lot of people didn't like writing things in multiple languages, so they wrote minimal amounts of JavaScript.
0: That makes sense. So, I mean, okay. So a bunch of people are developing stuff in different languages, and we go, "Oh, we want to get rid of this <laughs> middle middle individual that's in in there." And but, can you describe then how is this different between something such as Silverlight, right? Because that was the goal. Of, I'm going to run <laughs> .NET in the browser. Uh, okay, is that?
1: You said the words. You're not supposed to say the words. It's okay. It's oh, this nice. is This is very much Silverlight. This is exactly the same model of um, you're writing application logic in .NET and you're even writing the uh, user interface in .NET. In, in Silverlight they had XAML. We have XAML too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the idea was um, just I, I have code and I don't feel like writing it in JavaScript but I still want to run it on the web. That's what Silverlight was with a yeah. fancy UI. Yeah. And, um, we're, yeah, we're kind of going back there with WebAssembly because <laughs> if you wanted to do that trick before, uh, you would transcompile compile your code, convert your code to JavaScript, and even I wrote libraries to do this. I feel like everyone's written libraries to do this. Mm. And it, it was ugly. And so now WebAssembly is just a more official, good, fast, <laughs> quality implementation of multiple languages running in the browser.
0: Okay, so... Yeah, this, this kind of makes sense because, you know, with something like TypeScript, you are transpiling to JavaScript or doing other things and, and, mm-hmm. and those still have that server, you know, client setup. And it's not, I, I would assume it's not Silverlight because WebAssembly is a standard. Is, is that an accurate statement? Like there's no, are there plugins yeah. that I need or are there anything else? <laughs> I mean, okay. Because I want to differentiate yeah. it from Silverlight. Yeah. That's a big thing. It's, it's kind of like Silverlight, but not at all. A little bit,
1: yeah. And actually, that that is the important differentiator. So, Silverlight was a what did they call it? A plugin or something back then. Yeah. And the and embed I think is what you put in HTML. And the problem with that model was uh, we were just taking executable code from random websites and running it on our machines, and that's a, a an attack vector, a huge, wide open, mm. beautiful attack vector for things to go wrong. Uh, plus there was performance things. Plus the infamous Steve Jobs says Flash is dead, and that really uh, <laughs> killed the web plugin world. <laughs> Steve Jobs, your legacy lives on. Um, so, but the truth was, we all still kind of wanted that world. We, it just needed to be done differently, better done in a better way. And so WebAssembly is kind of like version two of those old embeds that we used to have. But instead of uh, putting a rectangle on the screen that we paint, it actually integrates much more... (laughs) Much better. I don't know. Words are slipping.
0: (laughs) It's better than the old model. It's more secure. It's faster. The bridge is well thought out. Well, it also seems as though it's not just... It's not just, obviously, C-sharp. Like, I was just reading something over at Mozilla right. where they are they are optimizing Rust for WebAssembly so mm-hmm. Rust can run inside of... They have a whole bunch of things of how they're describing like the bundling process yeah. with WASM <laughs> and all this stuff. But so, since yeah. it's an open standard, is it that any programming language has to compile into, like, some IL? Is that what's kind of happening? Yeah. Or, or, or what yeah. do they get, you know? Because can I... How How, then, can I run dot net code in the browser like because if the browser doesn't know about dot net i mean does does web assembly only know about javascript apis is it kind of like hey mm-hmm. what you could do is you could this is my this is my you let me let me see if i can figure what, this out. what, what do you got so here's my thought process is like <laughs> all right so generic plain web assembly is like hey we have this thing called JavaScript and the V eight engine, and you could create C sharp or rust wrappers around all of them. And then you can write those things and then run it, which is great, but that doesn't really give me my C sharp classes and things like that. So as a as, as a whole, does it mean that everything works or like what works? I don't, I'm so confused. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Think of WebAssembly as a virtual machine running inside the browser. Mm. So it actually is living a tiny bit apart from the JavaScript world. It's not fully integrated. For example, manipulating uh, the DOM, the object model, all, all the buttons and paragraphs and all that on an HTML page. They don't make that actually very easy to do from WebAssembly. They are two separate worlds, and they do that for security. And so the lesson learned from the old embeds is security and keeping things separate. So you are a little virtual machine running in a little sandbox inside the browser. Technical, low level down, that's how it's working. Uh, and to your point earlier, yeah, it is a whole new bytecode. So if you're a .NET developer, you know that .NET apps get compiled into IL, intermediate language. Mm-hmm. That's our bytecode. But WebAssembly is a whole different bytecode. So You've got to cross that bridge somehow. You want to guess how they did it? How the Mono team did it? Um, well, I know, so... <laughs> oh, okay, it's a cheating question. Well, actually, they did it two ways. I, I wrote this thing twice, because I did it the first way, and then I learned there's a better way. Uh, the first uh, trick the Mono team did was they uh, did the same thing that Xamarin does, and AOT all the code, mm. but they compile it down into WebAssembly instead of IL. Or, I'm sorry, instead of ARM or x86 or anything like that. So using basically the Xamarin technologies, um, turn it into a WASM. But that's not what I did. What did you do? What did I do? <laughs> um, uh, AOTs are a pain. <laughs> and I was having a real hard time getting all the tooling to work and everything. But then, fortunately, um, a Mono developer, Rodrigo Cumpera, and I'm just realizing I never said his last name out loud before. <laughs> so, C- Cumpera? Is that I how you say Cumpera. it? it's Cumpera, yeah. Okay, let's go with that. Um, he, he got the interpreter in Mono working in WebAssembly. And that is actually a very efficient little bugger (laughs) and is quite adept at running code. And so all you had to do was get the Mono runtime compiled into WASM, and it can load any DLL it wants, any app it wants, and just run. Hmm. It's a very elegant solution to the problem. So right now, the code is actually running interpreted. But in the future, we can
0: AOT it too. Oh. But yeah, and the interpreter that Rodrigo made apparently is blazing fast, just like ridiculously fast. Yeah.
1: I can't believe what it's pulling off, to be honest. As someone who's written an interpreter, I'm just a little jealous. I'm like, well, good job, Rodrigo. That one's really fast and really good. <laughs> yeah, it, um, amazing work. Um, I it was based on the original interpreter, and I think he's just been uh, updating it for the modern era.
0: That makes sense, and that's why I think I was a little bit confused. So, like, I'm I'm reading through. You know, what is WebAssembly? I went to the WebAssembly website, which has shipped in 1.0 in four browsers. So Firefox, i.e., (laughs) Safari. Safari did it. Go Apple. And um, (laughs) Edge is in there. So, WebAssembly yeah. is abbreviated as WASM. So, they're to the same thing. I'm not Wasm. WASM. Yeah. And it is a <laughs> binary format representing a stack based virtual machine. It is designed as a portable target for compilation of high level languages like C and C, enabling deployment of, mm-hmm. on the web for clients <laughs> or replicate. That's what it reads. And then I was reading this handsome. I love that they call, Go ahead. I'm sorry, I love that they call C and C high
1: level yeah. languages. <laughs> they're so low level. Come on, people
0: wake up. And and that's why I was kind of confused because I'm reading this Hanselman post from maybe eh, it's a while ago now, but there was like WebAssembly yep. for .net okay. and then Mono and WebAssembly and I guess maybe the two have converged into one or like and then I, what's happening. You know, I'm honestly a little bit
1: confused myself, so I've just been kind of sticking to the Mono world. Right. Uh, that that's what the Blazer team is using right now and I figured well, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Uh, but there's definitely other stuff happening in the .net world. Um, I don't know, to be
0: honest, okay. it's a little confusing. All right. So we know what it is. But let's stick, let's stick with this we, one. <laughs> we know what it is. We know what it can do. I want to get into what types of stuff you would build with it and why, and what this other blazer thing we keep mentioning is, but let's take a quick break. Frank, you know, our good friends Ooh. back again, you're going to hear from them a lot because they make amazing, astonishing products. It is our good friends. You, you know, brand new, brand, brand new sponsor, Sync Fusion. Frank just got way I'm excited. so excited for Syncfusion. <laughs> I am. Syncfusion, <laughs> just hearing the name got me. Syncfusion is absolutely amazing. They build over 800 controls, components, and data uh, dashboards uh, in their data platform. And uh, what's amazing here is that they build for every single operating system, every single browser, whether you're developing applications for ASP.NET, Core, Angular, React, just straight JavaScript, and probably soon at some point WebAssembly, um, they have charts graphs controls maps you name it they're absolutely stunning then on the mobile side they have everything from iOS Android UWP Xamarin Xamarin forms WPF Winforms that is correct all sorts of goodies and what i love is they keep adding in a Extending this control kit more and more. In fact, they just came out with some new releases. The Xamarin Forms controls are bananas. They have this new pop up view, a data form, new te- uh, mass text box, a tab view, new progress bar controls. I also love that they added to their PDF viewer an ink annotation. So you can pop up a PDF and then you can annotate right on top of it and save it on mobile, which is absolutely bonkers. I love it. I mean, they have everything from like a whole Trello board that you can just put in including swim lanes inside of a Kanban board. That is freaking unbelievable. So you're saying, Frank, this thing is amazing. I need this stuff into my application. It's probably a bajillion dollars and you're wrong. Um, Actually developers can, can check out their free community edition. Uh, and actually get everything in their apps for free. And if you're making over X millions of dollars a year, they have a single price for all of their different uh, items inside the developer platform, which is awesome. So where do you go find more? You go to syncfusion.com slash And when you go there, you can learn all about the awesome controls and the awesome data platform they have for creating dashboards for big data. So get over to syncfusion.com slash conflict. And thanks to syncfusion for sponsoring the show. InkSync Fusion. I can't believe that PDF Inking
1: is just like a control that used to be a whole app, and now it's just a control you can put That's in your true. app, I love put
0: it it. right in there, and you're done. Bloop. <laughs> so WebAssembly, this Mono on WebAssembly. What do people build with it? Uh-huh. Why, why do I want? Why do I okay. want this? Why okay. do I want it? Can we can we cut to
1: the punchline finally? Yes. So this enables Xamarin Forms to run wholly in the browser, kind of independent of anything else. So just bloop, you just can write a browser app that's just running there. That's kind of the whole thing for me, was getting it to that level.
0: So, roll back a yeah. second. What does that mean, a <laughs> Xamarin? Because for me, I'm like, oh, do, do I get my iOS and Android APIs? If, or what What does that mean? What does right. this mean? Okay. What does it mean?
1: Uh, well, no, you don't get iOS and Android APIs, just like any standard Xamarin Forms app. You have the cross-platform bits, all that stuff works. So it's uh, the user interface, all the pages we create, we got all our XAML. Uh, images don't work, let's not talk about images, they're a hard <laughs> problem, I haven't quite figured them out yet. <laughs> uh, but all, all that stuff is there. Um, sorry, none of Kaboodle plugins are working yet, we gotta do a Kaboodle episode.
0: <laughs> Eventually. Got to be released yeah. first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just like iOS and Android are platforms, the web browser is the new platform. Mm. So you can think it's Xamarin Forms on the web browser, and so. It does expose its APIs. Unfortunately, the browser APIs are kind of small. <laughs> there's stuff there, but it's not that interesting. So mostly you'll be sticking in the Xamarin Forms world. But all your other um, C Sharp UI independent logic, that all just works. It's .NET standard. All your code is just going to bloop, run in the browser now.
0: Okay, because that, and that's because so you the, the UI forms, the UI itself is like this little server, <laughs> and then there's ui.Forms, which is how I built soundbite.fm which is now live and i'll talk about that too and then a web is like another version that enables yeah. you to just block is there a, there's a server though somewhere right like you have to host it somewhere
1: <laughs> you, you do, i mean you host it but insofar as you're just allowing people to download your files so you're mm-hmm. hosting it in the same way you host an image file so i made the point of i i uh tweeted out a demo today, and I put it on Amazon S3, which, as you know, you can't run any logic on. It's just a file store. It's mm-hmm. really dumb. And But the app could still run there. So yeah, you need a server, but the server is just more for distribution. If this was the 90s, I'd give it to you on a floppy disk, and that would be fine. But it's not the 90s, so we put things on servers. So you do need distribution, but because the whole app runs in the browser, that server doesn't need to be intelligent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I see that it's loading up a wasm slash index dot html, and I have my little XAML <laughs> editor here, and everything's yeah good to go basically, and it's running. And this is all powered by that. So you also had this running though, not in wasm. So what are the what are the trade offs right. of someone wanting to build something with wasm or not with wasm?
1: Oh, there's many things here, man. So what you're really asking is what are the benefits of the server client split? <laughs> um, uh, if if you write a Boy, I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I've, I've been struggling with this question, to be honest. I hate why questions. Like <laughs> what, how, those are much easier. Why is harder. But the answer is it depends on your app. So there are pros and cons to running things in a WebAssembly versus running your logic on a Web server. And it's the balance any web developer has already had to strike of how much logic do I have the server execute versus how much logic do I put in JavaScript onto the app. So what I've enabled is you to put 100% of your logic into the app or running in the browser. So it's it's up to you of how much you want to put on the server. The old version of Wii, not the old version, terrible phrasing, sorry, The, (laughs) the original design of Wii put the logic on the server. That's how it worked. And so it's a little funny the same library is able to run in either place and it just kind of adapts itself to its environment. Okay.
0: So essentially, yeah, we dot wasm will enable you to just say hey, I want to run this this entire application Powered by WebAssembly, um, mm-hmm. which is going to work on almost, I think, all machines. I think what Windows yeah. 7 isn't supported or something like that in one version of IE. <laughs> I don't um, know. <laughs> but it's there. Like
1: you said, it works on it works on Edge. I didn't try Internet Explorer. I don't think it works on Internet Explorer.
0: It, it is modern tech. <laughs> which is kind of nice. And then it just kind of runs. So this is, I'm thinking of building applications that are doing, you know, the processing or they're doing data crunching or or they're they're doing mm-hmm. all sorts of things that don't need a server to go talk back and forth to in general. And you can still then make web requests and do anything that you need to without ever having to do that full loop around, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it also, because you're not doing that full loop around, you can do offline mode, mm-hmm. which isn't usually something you can do with a web app. And some of them are smart and some of them can handle it, but this is kind of like offline by default because you have to do web requests to actually talk to anyone. So yeah, it. It, it definitely enables new scenarios too.
0: Now, what about security of this stuff? Since everything is, that's kind of <laughs> my thing is everything is in the browser. So like, is it secure or what's the story there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Super secure. Um, because it's, it's basically running like a desktop app at this point, but in a sandbox because the, Well, the browser itself is a sandbox, and then you're a sandbox within the sandbox, so security's pretty good there. You're not gonna access any hardware or anything like that. It's a virtual machine, so that's a definite nice benefit of it. Uh, But like anything else, you break security. It's up to the app developer to make the app insecure, so the moment you start talking to APIs, it's up to you to make sure you're doing the
0: right thing. Got it. It, It's a
1: standard app. It, It honestly feels just like mobile app development. And it just happens to be that the browser is now um, the platform running
0: it. Uh, it's all the same limitations, all the same pros, all the same cons. This makes sense. This makes sense because you know, when I was building SoundBite.fm, which you know is our podcast network that we're on, that's a thing that, that happened. And I published it and <laughs> it went live, and I was very impressed by myself. Because I'm not an ASP.net developer, nor am I a web developer. And I'm not a web yeah. I'm not a web site developer, I'm not a web app developer, I'm not a web developer but i built an awesome website that does a whole bunch of cool stuff <laughs> and it i i basically did it as if you know i was building a Xamarin forms application that was running on my on my phone and i just sort of took some considerations versus desktop versus mobile and utilized some of the asp.net core scaffolding there so i could detect some mm-hmm. different things but i almost just wanted everything like i when i think of a website i just wanted it to all be working normally and, and grade and things like yeah. that and but for this application i asked you sh- should i bundle this into a, a WebAssembly? like mm-hmm. but it's a website right i think it, does a website make sense to run in WebAssembly, or what are your thoughts there
1: yeah it was a really great question from you and it, like it, it kind of solidified some things in my head too honestly you asking that question so i gave you the answer no You should not put your website (laughs) into WebAssembly. I love this new technology. I think it's super cool and super fancy. But uh, it has its drawbacks. Uh, The number one thing is, especially for a website like yours, it doesn't have static HTML. Mm. All the content there is not in HTML, which means that robots, uh, bots, (laughs) the Google bot in particular, are not going to hit it. And they're not going to read it, and they're not going to index it. For something like a podcast website, for a store, for a news site, a blog, any of that, your Google indexing is very important. And right now, uh, these kind of apps are hidden from those robots.
0: And so they would be a bad choice. Yeah, this makes sense. I see your... This is really cool. I right-clicked on your little HTML... Not a, a file, it's just a file. And it says <laughs> it says I'm gonna bring in we.js, which makes sense, and I'm gonna bring in a mono.js. Yeah. Whoa, that's Ooh, cool. Yeah. And then it is gonna uh, bring in a bunch of assemblies. C sharp DL, mm-hmm. mono security, ms MS Core lib, XAML edit. Yeah. A whole bunch <laughs> of stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, it's funny.
1: Um, I, I think I'll do a better job packaging that and hiding it a little bit. Um, that is one thing to note. The current version right now, you might want to obfuscate your assemblies because <laughs> it's transmitting them and you know people can decompile them, but honestly, that's no different than the JavaScript world. You could always read other people's code, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that index file, all it does is list all the assemblies it needs to run your app. And I actually run the monolinker, so I, I actually trim that list down mm. by only what you actually use. Uh, and then it lists uh, the entry point of your app, you know, program main. <laughs> it needs to be able to find that. And so it that's all index.html does. So if a robot hit that file, it would be like, what is this? There's <laughs> nothing worth indexing here. Bye-bye. So That's why it would be bad for
0: your website. Got it. So don't do it. but do it if I want (laughs) to build a actual application that happens around the world. So, scoreboard. Scoreboard. I could do that today. 100%.
1: You know, I think of even things like maybe Kelka. I think Kelka would make for a really good web app or things like that. So I do have I, I do have some reasons for creating these projects. Um, but yeah, any anything that runs logic, simple as that. <laughs> I, I hate to always come down to like simplicities like that. But it's, yeah, um, I, I think it's the difference between websites that are just providing people with information versus websites that are taking active input and, you know, doing things with them.
0: Gotcha. This makes sense. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool because often I'll, often I'll go to whole websites that I'm doing little conversions of lat long to other things or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, that doesn't need to hit a server to do all the processing. You just do it in the browser or whatnot, you know? And then I think of scoreboard. I'm like, well, the only thing I'm really doing there is I'm persisting some scores between sessions, but I probably wouldn't even need to do that Mm -hmm. on the, on the web version of it. Uh,
1: but you can even do that. The browsers have local storage, mm. so you can still. I mean, we should really port the settings caboodle, or was it the preferences caboodle? Now we should port that over to Wii so that you can use it. Yeah, because yeah. that was
0: my other thought. Ends up being, so in this world of of WebAssembly, are, are things this is a, are things being sprinkled all over my browser thingy? <laughs> like, are things are are just all of a sudden the database, the SQLite, just being sprinkled everywhere on my on my on my on my computer? Um. Yes, I. It's a weird metaphor, but
1: sure. Yeah, sprinkling. That's what's. No, I mean it's a bunch of files sitting in a web cache somewhere that the browser executes from time to time. Got it. That's for reals what's happening. But if you want to think of that as like chocolate sprinkles, yeah, go for it.
0: People just be sprinkling <laughs> stuff all over the place. and getting real, real sweet and and gotta clear that cache. Well.
1: I will be clear about one thing. It is actually some big files <laughs> right now. Like MS Core Lib is three or four megabytes. System Not Core is pretty big too, <laughs> and they're coming down. The good thing is these are static files and they cache well. So you know, once someone's downloaded them once, hopefully they don't have to fetch them again. And so the app should load up the second time very quickly, but the first time it's going to download at least a few megabytes.
0: Yeah, so it has some. It has a little. Working on it has like a little loading screen. <laughs> it's loading your application up just as if you were <laughs> booting an app, right? It's literally booting up your assemblies. Yeah. Now on the the flip side of things, mm-hmm. I'll go away from We because of the core technology, which is really innovative. Is that it's allowing not only C sharp and probably and F sharp, I assume correct, and all other things mm-hmm. are yeah. possible. But it also means that different frameworks can be ported to, to go into this route, which I think open up people's minds to run all sorts of different apps. And the ASP.NET team, they open-sourced uh, some other people. Steve uh, Sanderson was the original one that Sanderson originally prototyped it, open-source this experimental, that's what they call it, web, <laughs> web UI framework that they call Blazor, which is C-sharp, Razor, and HTML. I don't know how Blazor is out, out of that. but. Um, Browser HTML browser and Razor somehow browser got turned into an
1: L. <laughs> I, I don't know about that,
0: but I will say so. Yeah. So okay. this is kind of something different than what you're doing, which is you yeah. essentially you know did who we need is Xamarin Forms and they're saying we have this Razor page concept and the nice thing about a Razor page is everything's contained in a single page, a single file. Um, and they're saying, hey, we'll take that, and enable you to deploy an entire bla- Razor uh app mm-hmm. into the browser including dependency injection javascript interop you know server side rendering yeah full.net debugging like a whole thing uh, essentially um and then it will fall back to this thing called asm.js which i'm not sure what that is so yeah. wh- wh- why did Ignore. why did they do this and, and what is the use case for this then because <laughs> if i'm creating a razor based asp.net application does it mean that i should be looking at this or what boy, now I'm understanding
1: where all the confusion comes from. We're really blending technologies, right? It's like a big mashup. We're just like, well, take this piece and merge it with that piece. And what about that piece? And it can go with well, that Well, I'll tell piece. you the
0: problem. I'll tell you but, the problem, <laughs> Frank. I'll tell you the problem. It was, I was, oh, was going to try okay. to talk about WebAssembly, and I was going to talk about Blazor in this keynote, and I go, I don't think I really just want to open with Blazor because then people don't know how Blazor's is working. And I think that's the confusion and what I wanted to de- demystify, which is, there's yeah. this thing called WebAssembly, and it enables all this awesome stuff. And Blazor is like right. this cool thing, and Wii is doing this cool thing, and Rust is doing this cool thing, and it's all powered by WebAssembly, and there's different use cases. And I think maybe the the problem mm-hmm. and the confusion is like when someone comes out and like, we have Rust in the browser, and we have Blazor, and people are yeah. like, all right, they just think of that cool thing. But I, I guess maybe knowing the yeah. core technology is more important.
1: Yeah, and, and in fact, let me even try to simplify it a little bit. Um, we WebAssembly is a thing that allows you to run code in the browser. The, the big innovation is that we have mono WebAssembly, .NET, running in the browser. Mm. That's kind of the cool, hot bit of technology that's new, that's enabling all this cool stuff. And so Blazor, wow, Blazor really impressed me. But what Blazor is, because we have .NET running in the browser... The question is simply, how do you present a user interface for all that code? Because the dotnet code's running. That's working. So that it's really as simple as, how do I build a UI? Blazor is one way to build UIs using Razor, the Razor syntax engine, the templating engine. And it is super awesome. Honestly, it's what got me off my butt. I was always planning on porting Wii to WebAssembly, but then I saw the Blazor project came out and I was super jealous, because it's like, oh, they beat me to it! I I really wanted to have this out. And so, uh, once I saw their work, I was like, oh, I I have to do this now. So, uh, Wii is a way to build user interfaces. Blazor is a way to build user interfaces. They both share the fact that they're running on MonoWasm. And th- that's all it is. .Net runs there, and we're just trying to build UIs
0: for it. Got it. Yes, this makes much more sense because just just like you could have .Net running on an iPhone, you still need to create a user mm-hmm. interface on top of it, whether it's with right. UIKit <laughs> and that's it, or it's with Xamarin Forms or something else. You know what I mean?
1: Or maybe Blazor someday, maybe they'll put Blazor on the iPhone, who knows, right? It's it's just an application framework, it's a UI library. I, I hate to reduce it to that, because it is obviously very sophisticated and does awesome things, but in the end, it's a UI library, just like uh, Wii is. Uh, but otherwise, you're running your 80% of code that's not UI-related, just normally between the two. They work the same way.
0: So, in summary of this episode... WebAssembly plus mono equals equals .NET in your browser.
1: .NET freaking everywhere. <laughs> like, is there a place we haven't gotten this thing to run yet? It, it's, it's pretty funny. Show me a platform. I, I, I just, that was the, the
0: part of my keynote. It's called .NET everywhere. And... Uh, I I even showed you know .NET embedding, which is .NET running inside of Swift applications and Java apps. Right. Like, we'll, we'll put it everywhere. Right, and, but I open I, I did something really. We're so promiscuous. <laughs> I know we just this .NET everywhere, and I I opened with something really cool, which I think is the next aspect as a C Sharp, F Sharp .NET developer is that I literally went on my computer on Windows and I ran. I said .NET new and I created a Web MVC app. And I ran it from the command line, from VS Code, from Visual Studio. I synchronized it up mm-hmm. into GitHub. I pulled it down on my Mac. I ran it on command line, <laughs> Visual Studio Code, and Visual Studio for Mac. And then if I had it, I could have done it. I could have opened it on a Mac or on a Linux machine and ran it via the command line or VS Code. And I thought that was really cool. I'm like, this same exact code runs everywhere. Uh-huh. Better yet, now you can think about it with WebAssembly, is that entire application is now running inside of every single browser a hundred percent or on an iphone or anywhere mm-hmm. it's just put it everywhere
1: yeah it's ridiculous i actually have to give a state of the union for dot net here um i wrote this whole thing on a mac using um a mixture of visual studio and vs code and the command line doing all that stuff i did something i never do i wrote a targets Ooh. file do you ever write project oh i avoid it i I'm afraid of all the power, honestly. I'm afraid of the terrible things I'll do. I I just fear fear my intentions. (laughs) So I avoid this, but for this I had to write a targets file. It was mandatory. And I wrote it and I'd never written one before and I got it working on Mac and I'm like, well, at least for Mac it works. It'll probably probably won't work anywhere else. (laughs) But I I thought, what the heck? I'm gonna go over to Windows. I did. I repeated my getting started guide on Windows and it worked. So there you are, state of .net. We finally have it.
0: Things just work between platforms. Thank you, Heaven. I like it. I like it. Maybe, maybe you'll make a web developer out of me one day, Frank. No,
1: no, no, no. I got to get back to my apps. <laughs> <laughs> Enough playing with this open source.
0: <laughs> well, I do want to thank our awesome listeners. We had um, some follow up to reviews um, that we read back, which was kind of funny. But I like when people go through and they um, they leave a review and then they leave an updated review. And this person deleted said, um, thanks for reading this. And yes, the title was trolling. This is which was the title was why don't they ever talk about <laughs> AR, VR and mixed or uh, machine learning?
1: <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> and
0: continue, they said please. nearly every <laughs> n- episode does get a mention of AR, VR and ML, which is which is pretty good. I'm actually, you know, the Windows team just released Windows ML, which I think would be really interesting to talk about.
1: Is that released?
0: They announced it and there's some That's, videos, I, so it's got to be out there. I'm in
1: love I'm in love with this thing because Microsoft did the good engineering job and made it work on all the hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, Machine learning has this terrible thing of only ever working on NVIDIA (laughs) GPUs,
0: but thank you, Microsoft. You made it run on everything. So I'm really actually very excited. Maybe we'll have someone from from that team on, because that'd be kind of cool to talk about. Oh, yeah. We we did have another great review all the way from Wondi, wonderful, beautiful Sweden um, from Kalska says, great source of knowledge, a good mix of fun, inspiring talks and new stuff. Great source of knowledge between the two hosts. Yes, Frank is much smarter than me. That is correct. Um, We love reviews. We read all of them. Um, It's really kind of complicated to do on iTunes. You got to have like a really unique, weird name just for it. You got to find it. If you do (laughs) find it and take your time, we do read all of them and read them back on the podcast and we love it. Um, We also love all of our awesome supporters over on Patreon. You can go to mergeconflict.fm. Of course, find us all on social from there. You can listen to all past episodes, subscribe on all your favorite podcast applications. They're all there. They're all great. Um, You can go do that, which is super great. And we have a bunch of new patrons. We've been a Discord chat, chatting it up, which I super love. Um, And yeah, and besides that, you know, I did launch a podcast network. You know, uh, Merge Conflict is hosted by soundbite.fm. That is sound, B-I-T-E. Dot uh, FM, which is uh, my podcast network that I started. We have a few podcasts right now. This one that I do, Coffee House Blunders, that I do with my good friend Danny, who's an international chess master, which is really awesome. And our latest podcast, um, which is called The V Spot, which is um, an awesome vegan podcast with Danny and Cat, and they are absolutely hilarious. And I have been eating more and more vegan food um, and getting away from <clears> a lot of dairy and a lot of other things just by listening to them they're not only funny but very uh educational on on topics of all of our food is gross <laughs> um i already knew it i just didn't want to admit it uh so have you had the have you had the buddha bowl yet where no i've had buddha bowls yeah uh, yeah okay yeah it's special it's good so go, go off subscribe <laughs> to all those podcasts um frank did we cover everything you wanted in WebAssembly? how'd you feel how do you feel Ooh. Boy, I, I, I hope everyone made it to the end. I think we got, it was very
1: uh, low level tech stuff there. We wanted to get the overview. I, I hope we did that, um, but I'm excited. We got to the end and I hope we made the good point that it's just an exciting time uh, for .NET. Not only just the it's every freaking everywhere, but just whenever there's a new platform introduced, it's always interesting to see what libraries develop and what new patterns develop and what people do with it. So I'm excited, honestly, to see what people do with it. So use it. Let me yes. know.
0: Go off and do it. All the links are in the show notes. There's been another beautiful, lovely episode of Merge Conflict. Until next time, I am your host, James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.